4: Hello the internet and welcome to season 253 episode 1 of Dirt Daily's iGeist A production of iHeartRadio This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness And it is of course Tuesday, September 6th, 2022 Holy
5: shit Oh my gosh, we made it It's Tuesday and you know what that means It's National Read-A-Book Day Uh Okay, read a damn book, please don't just you know just don't just say don't just read the spine of a book and be like i read that mm-hmm. eat the book please
4: i actually had that book recommended to me in an instagram photo and so i therefore read the title which is half the battle if not more <laughs> it's also reverse 69 day right it's 9622
5: 22 hey whoa i didn't think about so, that Reverse sixty nine yeah. day. yep let them know
4: why 96 why why did 96 not get any of the love you know is it just because it makes us picture even older people?
5: No, 96, I think it's like more Batman and Robin. You're back to so back. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's I guess that does. folks to me. The back, you're back to back. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Now that well, I'm it could picturing be, it. Yeah, getting, yeah, you know, uh, be like but Now Batman that I'm picturing Robin, it, I've been
4: probably. 69ing all wrong all this time. Yeah, oh boy. No, all right. I've been 96ing. Well, anyways, my name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. On a dark desert highway, cool ranch in my hair. One smell of gorditas rising up through the air. Up ahead in the distance, I saw purple neon lights. My stomach hungry and my choices slim. I exited on the right as I got to the doorway of the Taco Bell. I was thinking to myself, I could get seven tacos with hard shells. <laughs> then she asked me my order and how I'd like to pay. All my choices found me worried for my colon's mental state. <gasps> Long one. Here comes the chalo- Oh, sorry. Here comes the chalupas that I ordered. <laughs> Got chicken and steak. Got chicken mm. and steak All over my face. All over my face. I'm living it, Moss. Look at all the food that I ordered. Mm. Nacho cheesy fries. Nacho cheesy fries. And black beans and rice. That Whoa. is courtesy of Waffle House. Bringing the longy but a goodie. Yeah,
5: damn.
4: You know, I'm about to go on a road trip. And th- this felt extremely appropriate to me. Also, you know, when it's a first time guest, I like to just let them know.
5: How bizarre the show is! How it's weird, like, yeah, oh, yeah,
4: <laughs> and and that it's I have a, serious pipes. In it's a cabin pitch. karaoke night here,
5: <laughs>
4: and I'm thrilled to be joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray.
5: It's Mr. Miles Gray. You know what, Christy Yamaguchi? Man, when you wrote that, AKA, I read the last line like it was Bon Jovi's "Dead or Alive." So I'm gonna switch it up. That same AKA where it's I'm living it, Mas. Look at all the food I buy: nacho cheesy fries, cheesy fries, add black beans and rice. Okay, so shout out to you again. I just took a new version on it. I inverted. It's beautiful. Yeah. Well,
4: and then this is fun because now we get to inter- introduce our incredibly impressive guest, fantastic guest. Yes, <laughs> the, a perfect intro is a juxtaposition uh... like none other on the internet. A public defender with Legal Aid New York, a writer who you've read on Teen Vogue, a commentator for the Law and Crime Network, and a contributor to The Hill. Please welcome the brilliant and talented Eliami O'Loran! Hey!
6: What's
5: up? Welcome.
6: First of all, I'm super impressed that y'all pronounced my name right and that y'all had them songs. (laughs) (laughs)
5: Look, we try, we try, we try. How you been? How are you doing?
6: Good, good. I'm having a good day. I got paid today. Beautiful. Yeah, I was cleaning yeah, yeah. the poppers yesterday, and I feel rich temporarily.
5: <laughs> <laughs> How's the weather? You in New York?
6: I'm guessing, right? Yes, I yeah, am was... in New York. I yeah. am in New York. It's it's sunny, but I am a I'm a firm believer that sunniness is overrated. So, oh, hmm.
7: my...
6: listen, y'all didn't grow up in the Bahamas in the summer and the heat time with no AC on and your Grammy refusing to turn it on, talking about right. Ooh, catch the breeze. I've suffered. Right. right.
7: Does yeah, so that long. have
4: you looking forward to like fall and yes. winter? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I love, yeah, okay. Okay. So yeah, I love, I
6: love the fall. fall. I love the fall. I you think too. the fall is the best season, and summer just has better PR. Right,
5: right. exactly. Because look, nothing. I'm wearing a coat is undefeated. Listen. Yeah, that's how I feel. Like, and I like. Look, I grew up in the San Fernando Valley, like, hot as shit desert. I grew up. All, people being like, I love it here. I'm like, man, I would, I would, li- I would move to where it snows. So I don't give a fuck. I like <laughs> variation. I like cold. Heat, it's not what it's always cut up to be.
6: Heat is heat is really, the first time I really realized how much I truly hated heat was I was visiting a family island in the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. And listen, it was only then that I really realized, oh, we're really from an island. Like, I was running for a tree. I felt, like, baffled tate. I'm like, please, Shane, help me. <laughs> Somebody, we are not, we are not, med- and then the sun, the way it's giving it up now, I'm telling you, there's no ozone layer. I'm convinced. Nobody, you don't need to talk to the scientists anymore, I am telling you. There used to be a hole that is none. I can feel the sun directly, no filter beating down on me directly. It's irresponsible to be outside in the sun. (laughs) Yeah.
4: Yeah. The summer is so brutal, only getting more brutal. We talked on a recent episode about the beach is, you know, the beach is great, but only as relief from the extremely uncomfortable summer. You know, it's like a it's not. Like, I, I don't know. The fall is so great. I'm so excited. And this might just be the fact that it's the very end of summer speaking and I'm sweating through my shirt as we speak. But Right.
5: Oh, uh, yeah. Not good for me. There's a, a
4: sweater. No. And I'm about to drive through Death Valley and it's going to be bad. It's We're at be Coke, man, just as a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Put on a North Face. Let me see you in a bubble goose just out there like, oh,
6: that be the last thing you ever do.
5: Yeah, he's like
6: cute he high the second he put
5: that on. <laughs> all right,
4: Alami, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about. We're going to talk about the safer American plan and just the way the media regurgitates talking points that uh more cops equals safety and <laughs> we're going to talk about copaganda in all its not in all its forms, but in some of its more popular forms, which me, you have written about at length and brilliantly. So all of that, plenty more. But first, we do like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are or what you're up to?
6: uh well in my search history right now i think it's it's foolishness i've been arguing with my friends that eeyore is black from way to Pooh, and so that is that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm on right now <laughs> I'm on <the> cartoon <laughs> characters are actually black
5: <laughs> wait i like the wait okay now that i'm thinking
6: about this does he live in the forest with them no no he does not live in the hundred acre woods i'm glad i'm glad you asked he lives one... on the outskirts
5: okay go by on. himself
7: go on
6: yes I don't yeah.
5: know if you have noticed,
6: if you just look at the sheer infrastructure of Eeyore's little Snoopy House versus everybody's full home right. estate. They got land, right? Everybody else lives in a hundred acre woods. They don't even see Eeyore till the end of the episode. They spend all day frolicking amongst the hundred acre woods. And after they're done doing everything they do with eating, potty, and going by rabbit, then they're like, Oh, you? why so sad? What's your
5: brother? Yeah. He's Damn like, I yeah. just got off my shift on the sanitation department. What right. are you talking about? Listen,
6: ERB be calling him out. He gaslighting him all day. They're like, he's right. depressed, but no one asks why. Nobody asks <laughs> why. <laughs> They're
5: like, Eeyore, you get really angry really easy. People, don't. Listen,
6: I knew what was <laughs> up as a child. Me and my grandma, me peaked immediately Eeyore was black. I remember they came to him at the end of the episode. He like, hold on. You know this is it's, it's the it's this the adventures of Winnie the Pooh and everybody else do adventures, but not ER. IP yeah, immediately. White flight, white flight. That's why everybody right. lives in the Hundred Acre Woods, and he lives there. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Where does Christopher Robin live? Technically?
6: Ah, right in the burbs with them. You know this, stuff. right?
5: Right. Oh, and he just mm. kind of he's like, "Yo, mm. oh, this is my backyard."
6: Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. White Christopher wow. Robin and all the rest of them live in the yeah. same community.
4: Mm. Absolutely. There's that new horror movie Winnie the Pooh Blood and Where Honey. He was dead
6: first.
7: We're,
4: yeah, you were his dad no, already dude. at yes! the start.
6: <gasps> I own oh, now
8: come on <laughs> over my side. And yes. they, apparently,
4: they like the implied backstory is that Winnie the Pooh and Piglet ate him. Is that is that? Did I make that up?
6: Oh, I, I, my. They marked him in some way. All I yeah. know is they were like, up. "Sorry, friend." Gosh. Horror movie, black person dies first. Winnie the Pooh horror movie starts out with Eeyore already gone. Right, rest yeah. in peace. B- I'm just saying.
5: Or it's or it's like the magical donkey man Eeyore. They're like, tell us of your ways, magical Listen, man. Like, wait, <laughs> Listen,
6: They
8: got
5: my
6: man's out of there because wow. he's, he's one of us. He's a brother.
5: <laughs> okay, all right. Shout out Eeyore.
4: What's uh, what's something you think is overrated? The Notebook. Okay, <laughs> the movie The Notebook.
6: The movie The Notebook. Terrible. I haven't even
4: okay. seen that shit. You never.
6: No, nah. you really? No one has dragged you in your lifetime. It
5: seemed every person that was shaming me for watching it was a white woman.
6: And listen, and no, they uh, love it. They love them some notebook. And I'm like, what? What about this trauma filmed movie is doing it for you? Like, I don't. It's a. It's a sad film. It's honestly the whole movie is a cry for help for Ryan Gosling's character and why no one ever in his whole life no one ever sought to teach him that he was valuable. Like, your life don't have to be all <laughs> about this lady. Like, your whole life? <laughs> you spent summer time with this lady one time and now your whole life is right. about joy? The right. whole life. You never heard but no interest in his. Just trying to make her dreams come true. Sitting around waiting for her to come. Like, and then what happens? The woman spends, he spends his summer with this woman, falls in love with this woman. He gotta go to war because he's poor. First of all, he spends the whole first person half of the movie being oh, poor. Is she he's, rich?
4: Yeah, I haven't seen it either. Okay. you either. Okay. You
6: either, Jack? What's happening? Right? I don't
4: know. Okay, I, the
6: the whoever y'all young. are dating, they gotta they, they gotta pull it together,
7: y'all.
6: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, this is this is what happens, right? Not the not the love version. Let me tell you what happens. Okay. <laughs> so Ryan Gosling is dating this woman for this summer. They are young teenagers. She is a rich white lady. He is a poor white man. A rich family ain't having that. So then Ryan. he goes off to war and he's sending all these letters. Rich families like, mm mm mm-mm. Throw those in the trash. You're like, he died, sweetie. Girl, he oh, died. Shit. Oh, he is oh, dead. He died oh, at yeah. the war. And she's like, I would be like that sometimes. (laughs) And and she fully goes and gets a rich man and she's kicking it, chilling, good. Then (laughs) he comes back from the war to her man and he's like, oh, I should go and build her dream house. That'll do it. it." So he goes and builds. Yes, yes, he does. Yes, he does. Yes, he he builds the dream home, this lady. Talked about that summer, right? Goes, builds it. Eventually she finds out oh, she sees a picture of him in the newspaper and she's like, Oh shit, he ain't dead. <laughs> How? How? Like she's not even like, Oh, he he's not dead. Right. The love of my life, let me get my man's. Nah. Then he comes to her, like, Oh, you know, I love you and whatnot. she's like, hmm. So then really? Yeah, she's still not with it. Then they have sex and she's like, That was cool.
7: But right. I do got
6: to be a man. Like, <laughs> So she goes back to her rich dude. Then after a little bit, she's like, "Mm, okay, okay, I'll be with you, Brokey. I'll be with you. I'll be with you. So then they get married. And then later in her old age, she gets Alzheimer's. She does? Yeah, she does. No, she does.
7: Uh, So now
6: she don't even fucking remember him. (laughs) uh, So now they go to the old folks' home and he dies with her like has a like times that out somehow his love gave him a heart attack at the right time with her so right. he could die with her because he can't live life without shorty.
7: That is yeah. a horror film.
6: That is a story about trauma therapy. That is a movie <laughs> actually. That is an indictment on poverty because if yes. he had health insurance from the beginning of the movie, he would <laughs> have needed her, he yeah. he sorted through that breakup in the appropriate way. He would have talked to the yeah. therapist and he would have wrapped that up. But instead I'm watching, I'm like, Oh my right. God oh my god and all the white ladies are like "Ooh, that's romance right. film i've ever seen i'm like is it yeah <laughs> like yeah no terrible so the when i plan, look at right. it
5: that film I, it came out in june of 2004 so that's the summer of my freshman year of college and this is me in the process of rejecting everything i thought i like that was mainstream because like, you know i got you, out right? of high school and I'm like, man, fuck all this shit I've been consuming. Like, that right. was kind of my mindset. I'm like, I ain't never listening to no fucking pop top 40 <laughs> shit again. <laughs> <laughs> fucking notebook, fuck out of here. So I had a very, like, contrarian, angry guy mindset back then, which is why, like, to this day, I think part of me was like, no, I'm not I'm not that person. I, then I do not engage with the notebook.
6: I don't even know what my excuse was, because I was a young girl and I loved all of everyone. But I watched this and I was like, I'm not, I'm not feeling the love. I'm yeah. like, like, I I'm do like, not want this. I'm like, not you, second pick your whole life. And then she forgets you. Now you dead. That's it. That's right. the whole life. No rollover minutes. We're not going to start this life thing over. Terrible.
5: Truly. Really? Yes. I mean, wow. Yeah. And again, just good to indoctrinate people with that idea. It's like, look, motherfucker, you're going to be treated like they don't want you. You're going to be second best. You're going to die and they're going to forget about you. Right. Anyway, but really. if she chooses you, and that's right. beautiful. And that's right. beautiful.
6: Right. And, they lo- and they loved it. Listen, ruin the generation.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: That's. Yeah, that, I, I believe that's called codependency. Yes, and that's not <laughs> not good. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I did not know that was the the plot of
5: that. I just knew the last part because I'm like, well, what the fuck is? I remember always asking people I'm like, what the fuck is the notebook, though? Like, right. what the, why is it called the notebook? And they're like, because he's oh, they don't remember shit. And yeah. he has to read the notebook to her. And I was like, which oh, is
6: terrible. That's also know. why Fifty First states dates is a terrible. Is a, I, I don't know why people love that either. That movie go, is
5: weird. That.
4: Yes, I saw Fifty First yeah. Dates, and that is weird. At the end, like she feels, she, it seems like she's like a captive. Yeah, like yes. it's so strange. Yeah, yes. like no, you can't go. Like you have to okay, every day. I'm going to read. Every... You're going to
6: do this whole thing. I have you on a boat. I'm pretty sure they're like on a boat doing this. Right. It is terrible. I couldn't believe it. Like, why is this? I, just traumatic film, just horror movies. I was like, she gets into an accident. She forgets everything, and now he's going to make her do Groundhog's Day every day. Right. Mm-hmm. Like he don't even have enough time in the day to convince her she loves him. It takes twenty-four hours just to like remind her.
7: Right. All right, like yeah. he
6: with me. And then she's like, pregnant at one point. So now you impress yes. the end. Yeah, well, you're yes.
7: impregnated. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <What> the <fuck laughs> going on? So there's another. good. It's all, all good. It's all good. I'm, your I'm your husband. I'm your husband. Chill, chill, Baby, chill. Baby, chill, right, so baby, listen, chill, um, chill. Listen. chill.
5: Like, listen. I feel like every morning is him going, chill, 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 chill. Like in the bed, and she's like Why sit down and watch this motherfucking tape.
6: <laughs> he got he to he right. send an alarm for like an hour before her so he could be up and ready to get it to like...
5: <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Oh like, uh, okay, you're strapped in. I know you are restrained right now, but this is for your own safety and that of the child. She's like, the what?
6: We have allowed some, <laughs> we have allowed some sick movies and shows to like to really get away <clears> and with And we're them. just like, uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, people are like this is real cute. I was like, "Is Aww, it?"
5: They love each other. Aww.
4: Yes.
6: Yeah. In general, it's sick how much we have amnesia as a trope in media. In general, like memory mm-hmm. loss, because it ain't cute. I don't get it, but we keep doing it. But it's not cute at all.
5: Nah, I mean, like yeah. I remember, yeah, dealing with my own family. You know, like dementia, Alzheimer's, and that shit is the last thing. Is like it's so fun to look at my grandmother, who's like, "Who are you?"
6: Yeah, <laughs> and like she's
5: trying to show her pictures. She's like, "That ain't me," and I'm like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right, that is not a that's not a version where then I go to like a quirky like island cafe later and I'm like, man, i had a rough one today.
7: Right, right. right. I'm yeah, like, yeah, swear,
5: right. in my Mazda, leaving the convalescent home, like
2: <laughs> right.
5: looking mortality, yeah.
4: weeping, just the most tragic thing. Yeah. What is something you think is underrated?
6: Courage the Cowardly Dog.
4: Okay. Yes,
6: yeah, so like please tell me y'all watch Courage
9: too. No. Uh. Uh.
5: Uh-uh. Neither
6: I mean, I one about,
5: of you. I know about Courage the Cowardly Dog, but I was not watching the uh, I was not watching it in its heyday in the
6: I late. hate I hate how your childhood went for you, and I want more from y'all. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> like <let's, laughs> th- there's there's just no reason why y'all see? Well then that proves my point. Courage, courage is the most underrated. Like I feel like you know the way SpongeBob is I mean, I mean nothing, nothing's touching SpongeBob, obviously. Uh-huh. But courage should be talked about more. We should be getting more courage pop culture references, and my man don't get no love. So it was courage yeah. for
7: me. It mm. came
5: out of so, like, okay. So when this show came out, like in its heyday, I'm like in eighth, junior high, high school. So I, because I'm, I'm constantly putting myself in that year, and I'm like, okay, I know why I wasn't watching this because at this point, I was like trying to be like, yo, I'm watching fucking Tarantino, I'm fucking yeah, Cartoon yeah. Network. That's, that's what y'all were watching, in yeah. Your and that's eighth grade so, year. That's why I'm so maladjusted as an I'm, adult. I'm now. judging
6: all of y'all. My eighth grade year, I was watching Dragon Ball Z and appropriate things for cool people.
5: <laughs> well, just look, i went up you. Growing up, half Japanese. I was watching Dragon Ball Z when I was, like, a kid, so when that shit came to the U.S., I was like, I've been
6: off this shit. And,
5: and y'all talking about Pokemon now?
6: No. Uh, okay, you, you got me there.
5: Yeah, so it's a little, I have a, I'm in a weird spot as, like, a black and Japanese American where, like, part of me is like, what's this white? Are you black, black and, and
6: Japanese like, American? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, so that's popping, mouths?
5: So I'm, like, just, I'm, I'm, in my media mind, I had, like, I was contest. I was, had many different voices at work with what I thought I should or should not be watching at that age. Oh, that's
6: bomb. But then you watch Boondocks. Boondocks is also one. Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm throwing Boondocks and Courage a Cowardly Dog. That's my final answer.
5: Wait, so what's so good? Okay, tell me I know, like, when I look at the art of Courage, I know that's Courage, but I, I've never been, like, seen a whole episode. I'm like, oh, this is why people fuck with me.
6: I mean, Courage was just the realest motherfucker alive. I mean, that's, like, <laughs> okay. that's, just, nice. the, that's just the realty, right? First of they like, call him Courage the cowardly dog who wasn't shit cowardly about him, okay? Courage was out here living in the middle of nowhere, fighting off real fucking monsters every day to save Muriel's ass. And oh. Muriel, Mur- so he lived with these two old people, his owners, Muriel and Eustace. Eustace is a hater, like a hater deep in his soul. Like God, like when he was thinking a hater, he put Eustace on earth. So that's what Eustace is there to do, is to hate on Courage and cause the monsters to kill them all. And Muriel is very stupid, like fully just a dodo bird, but Courage loves her. <laughs> but they can't understand him. The monsters be coming right to the door, saying hi, hey, we monsters. We had to do monster shit today. And they be like, oh, Courage, get him some coffee. Like, Courage, shut up. And now full monster shit. whole episode, full of Courage, got to save them. And the animation is amazing.
7: But yeah, courage is just that guy. <laughs> oh shit! Okay. We,
4: so the thing I was doing because I I'm old as fuck. The like I did I didn't watch. That. I was you know I think nineteen to twenty two when when this came out. But I did like edit an article about like a fan theory about Courage the Cowardly Dog and the fan oh, theory is that like the monsters are just people from a dog's point of view, and like the whole thing is just like a really accurate depiction of what reality looks like from a dog's point of view and like like one of the things is like a is courage like have a like terrifying interaction with a vacuum at one point maybe
6: maybe but right. that me and that person there who made that fan theory we might have to talk because i mean i believe like and Eddie fine theories right that they're in purgatory like that's what happens mm. with the kids and the kids are dead that's why the parents don't show up yeah yeah i'm all for it believe it mm-hmm. but courage Boy, if you see some of these demons and people coming from space and whatnot, and people do be getting marked, there is like a demon cat that if you ever see the episode where Muriel's miles, I'm gonna, say, I'm gonna send you all a link to, to Courage after this, and we're gonna okay. revisit it because I'm I don't think so. I mean, I I want to hear it. Like I'm I'm open to the theory, but I definitely think those was real monsters fucking life up for Courage every 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 day wanting to kill Muriel and them, especially because they live in like the middle of nowhere like right. that's the, that's the, and i you need so to hit the, a theme
4: song top tier it says that <laughs> So the theory of them being in the middle of nowhere is that the dog a dog's awareness of like have you ever heard that story like someone opens the fence and they're like oh the there's another yard behind there and it's like no there's like yards because a dog is like only aware of like what's happening inside their yard essentially and you so see, like um, they think it's in the middle of nowhere but it's actually just so, like i don't so- know
6: you see how establishment gaslight courage. You see that. You see this. Exactly. <laughs> you see that's courage finally about. gets his story out, and now look what they want to do. Yeah. Like, right.
5: <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, he had, he's he's unwell Yeah,
6: what
7: they
6: do. They're like, oh, they're there, courage. That's, well, how that's do what's them, though,
4: fucked that's... up about it is that it's like it makes it makes you realize, like, oh man, dog, being a dog in a human's household would be fucking terrifying.
6: Like, you think be... so? dogs, you know. Dogs seem so so. That's the thing, though. Dogs do be seeming so happy as opposed to like my cat, like right, like he's happy. But I I I know he's like a person. And he makes his own choices. Like if my cat kicks it with me, I know it's because he wants to. Cause he'll right. definitely say no. But dogs be here. They do. Maybe, maybe dogs are oppressed. Maybe they feel like this is what I got to do in right. order to get my meals and go. Right, and like you know, yeah, yeah that is
5: you, for survival.
6: They they might just be oppressed. You you are correct. I I'm prepared to think about that. Courage definitely is.
5: <laughs> mm. okay we're gonna yeah send those links now i'm gonna look yeah. at it with my read some fan on you gotta become a fan miles at that money yeah. you love know, courage deep reading first yeah for sure
4: <laughs> all right let's take a quick break we'll come back we'll talk about the safer american plan
0: if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick
4: And we're back, and, uh, you know, in between Dark Biden, Dark Brandon appearances last week that everybody was memeing up, Biden addressed, it seemed like he was addressing, like, a police union or something, because he was, uh, like, addressing them as, like, you guys, we expect you guys to do everything. So he announced his plan to deal with crime, and he said, the answer is not to defund the police. It's fund the police, Jack. <laughs> we expect them to do everything to protect <laughs> us, to be psychologists, to be sociologists. He's literally making
6: the case for the fund.
4: Yeah, exactly. That's what's so great. He went from "It's fund the like this is why we should fund the police" and then gave the examples of why we should defund the police, right? Like, why
6: everything else is being adequately funded because we're giving all the money to the police.
4: Yeah, exactly. The, <laughs> we fund the police instead of mental health and like any resource that doesn't involve like armed people. Right. Uh, and it's a major fucking problem. And, right. Right. And according you, to
6: them, the police aren't adequately trained to do the things that you're already paying them billions of dollars to do. So I don't know why we would leave it to them to do all these other areas that we have yeah. actual experts and trained professionals to do it. Illogical. Right.
5: I like how he even evokes psychologists and sociologists. And those are the motherfuckers they're ignoring.
7: Yes. Right. Exactly.
6: Yes. Those are <laughs> the people they're actually the defending while they continue to raise yes. all of the money they're giving to the police.
5: They're like, golly, what's going on with that, huh? hmm we should be funding you guys they expect you to figure right. out the problems that we ignore because they go against our conventional the conventional and, wisdom about the and It's not see. like
6: people aren't those are literally the arguments people are making right put money give money to these social services and all these different um other things so the police aren't the people responding to mental health checks people aren't police aren't responding aren't police don't have to respond to traffic violations and these different right. things and lead to these results and the police unions are like absolutely not absolutely right. not. absolutely right. Not. Right. not don't you dare i wouldn't think of it <laughs>
4: Yeah. And it's anomalous like what we do, the amount of funding that we give to the police in the United States is historically anomalous is the most any civilization has ever like used policing and like funded policing. And so any problem that people are like, well, our problem is we're not funding the police enough is no, like this is if if policing was the answer, then the U.S. would be the safest place in the exactly. history of the world exactly Bucky, that's, Hissler, that's, the universe. and that's
6: the quite right. frankly that's the simple truth they don't want to acknowledge right if policing and public safety is synonymous then why why are these not the safest places and constantly the places that are giving more and more mo- money to police are also the same people whose media is constantly committed to this whole oh, crime wave crime is up all of this is the next thing that's new york is a is a prime example of a place that presents it like itself like it's, it's progressive utopia and we give literally not uh 10.4 it was 10.4 billion dollars to the nypd we raised it they just got 260 more million dollars even though they cut from education they cut from the parks they cut from housing they cut everywhere else but nypd more money meanwhile what's happened they continue to say the post you let the post tell it crime is rate. crime is constantly raising oh my god but NYPD was never defunded. They've gotten more money. Everything else is defunded. We see evictions up, education, all kinds of housing issues, homelessness has is spiked. And it's like, why is that? Just complete. That's what I love is this there's this feigned ignorance that politicians and media do with stuff. It's like, oh, conveniently, you see all these eviction moratoriums are lifted. You're evicting people 24 7 in the same breath. They're like, the problem that is homelessness. Where is this coming from? right? Like, oh, yeah. it couldn't have anything to do with the pandemic. Just we just had where businesses were closed. Y'all, like, y'all lifted eviction uh, moratoriums. Y'all have the jails full up. Like, it's not a coincidence. I I think it's inter- interesting, especially with homelessness and all the big cities. It's like, it's like yeah. New York City, New York City, LA. I think those are two prime places that talk about homelessness. Like, it's their job to do so. They're two of the most expensive cities in the world, not even just yeah. the country in the world. People aren't homeless because they want to be homeless. They're homeless because they can't afford, they cannot afford to live there. That's just the reality of it. And instead of ever talking about, you know, livable wages or what rent is actually increased to, you know, New York City is constantly talking about how our homelessness has increased, but our rent has also increased. The average cost of rent right now in New York City is over $4,000 right. a month. It's a, it's, well, the it's,
4: answer to that, more cops, man got get ab- more cops out it, there. It's
6: absurd. And I think the problem too is so many people are out of touch and don't have honest conversations about it. And I think it's because they also don't really know. Like I, I'm a public defender. So I Yeah. Yes, yeah, so not only do I represent poor people, but I'm also not well paid myself. And my apartment, my apartment, and I just got this through New York City's affordable housing, right? Affordable housing and the, won the housing lottery. My apartment is twenty two hundred dollars. Right? Like if right, right. you get a warm. That is what average person, the people who really, really need, and that's as a lawyer. That's as <laughs> someone who is, how's the average person going to afford that? And also, the average person can't even qualify for it because the amount of hoops they make you jump through to secure yeah. the apartments and how it works is so they, like in New York City, the affordable housing lottery works like this. They let, you know, so gentrification, they buy these buildings up in these neighborhoods, like I live in Flatbush in Brooklyn. And then they charge the whole building is priced at like six times more than what the rest of the neighborhood is. So then you price out the people who already live in the neighborhood and they can't get there. And then what they'll do is they'll take like a couple of units in the building like mine and say, this is affordable, but it's actually just four times less than the rest of the neighborhood right, as opposed to six. six. Exactly. Yeah. And so you get people who still, the people who are most in need, they're only like like I mean, the smallest handful of places that they can actually afford in the affordable yeah, lottery. Yeah. So it's just a myth. It, the reality is homelessness, poverty. All these things are a direct response to the ways that our government is already failing these people in their communities, and that's just the right. conversations they don't want to have. And they pretend there's yeah. no people who say to address it that way don't care about crime, or you 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 know you want lawlessness yeah. or yeah. you want anarchy, and that's not the case.
4: Yeah. So in response to that Biden speech, CBS News just this is this is how they tweeted it. The Safer American plan aimed at reducing gun crime is based on a, quote, simple notion, says President Biden. The answer is not to defund the police. It's fund the police. He adds, we expect them to do everything to protect us, to be psychologists, to be sociologists, but like that, nothing else. That, so they're just pasting his talking points into a tweet and putting it out there
6: and that's how our media does i mean that's how our media literally does it regurgitates like politicians and especially police narratives as pure fact there is no questioning of it just this is what they said so this is this is the factual matter of it and the problem is the average person is a consumer not and not even as a negative to them right the average the average person is busy dealing with their own life and the trials and tribulations that they're not being you know helped with so they read information and they say all right I don't have time to like research this or assume there's more to it. So if I'm constantly fed that like, you know, police are a necessity, you know, police are the necessity, you know, they're the people who find themselves in the criminal system. They're in some way to blame for their own circumstances. And, you know, the system is about producing just outcomes. Even when they hear about police brutality or for for them, it seems like an outlier or a mistake or the system, you know, going wrong as opposed to this is what it produces every day.
4: Yeah, I mean, the media portrays the asserted motivation. So this is from Alec Karakatsanis, who's an abolitionist and uh, also. Yeah, so he, he was saying that like the media portrays the asserted motivations of powerful people as their actual motivations. Like this is how propaganda like they will just say whatever the police say they were trying to do. Was what they that like without any criticism? It's like if it's like if they reported that BP is actually an organization that is designed for taking care of the climate, addressing climate change, because there's an ad that BP puts out that says that shit. Yeah, and it's just like that. That's a good trick, and like everybody listening should always like watch how the media will just. Take at face value anything a powerful person says about their m- motives. But then somebody who is, you know, killed by the police, arrested by the police, you know, the- their motives will immediately be called into question. Yeah. Like anybody who's not powerful will immediately like it'll be thrown up as like, we don't know what they were doing there. We don't powerful. you know.
6: Powerful yeah. people and police, their opinions, their their story, their narrative is treated as fact. And any level of pushback to that is a conspiracy or something that needs to be investigated. Because I go one step further. Even in media, when you try, like when I try to, when you write op eds and things like this, even if you make the entire argument, right, you have everything sort like cited for why you believe this, right? This is the actual motivate motivation behind whatever the police are doing or the politicians are doing. You cited to a million facts. They'll say, well. The police didn't they didn't say that you know what i mean like oh it's your opinion right. oh, we, they'll take that out oh we don't we can't say we can't speak to their motivations you know it's, it's always right. this desire to give them a, the benefit of the doubt that does not exist in our society legally any other way like when you think about it even if we look at how police investigations are conducted in america if i if i call if miles if i call the police and i say miles sent me 13 text messages cussing my ass out. You In New York City, you best believe you can be arrested and charged with aggravated harassment in the third degree. I represented many people. All you need is the accusation. But when it comes to police, when it comes to politicians, you could watch the whole incident on right. video. In Investi- investigation. And the police get to, DA's offices and the police officers get to investigate themselves, you know, investigate themselves and say, ah, no, our intentions were pure. It was this, all these different things. But usually, if you say it in court any other time, obviously, anybody accused of a crime, I tell the court you know, no, we deny this. Our story is this. And you know what they say? That's an issue for trial. That's an issue for the right. jury. That's, that is your argument. Everybody has the right to make an argument, but not when it comes to police. The police get to make their argument and decide, oh, no charges should come. Yeah, oh, like, no okay,
5: prayers. that's all cap. That's what I heard. Yes. Case
6: Yes, there must be, there must always be something you are not seeing some other way to spin it. You know, how many times, how many different cases have you seen? You've watched police brutality on video and then they tell you to an investigation and you don't hear anything for a year or two when you, when you finally look back quietly no charges were brought the prosecutor's office declined to bring charges
5: right and they're always and they're always on a leave with pay
6: yes always always on some paid administrative leave
5: the one thing too is like you know i think because we've allowed like just this consistent definition of crime to just be like the dominant narrative of like crime is when bad people do bad shit that's what crime
7: is yeah
5: there's not we have such a crumbling society that people are merely trying to survive and do things to survive and yeah. are doing things that th- just that you would think, oh, I would never do that. But that's maybe you from your perspective, where you have a, so- a safety net, some kind of support system where others purely are trying to survive. And I think that allows constantly for cops to be like, yeah, you know, these people are bad or whatever. It's like, I don't know, somebody who's stealing like food. I don't know what like, I'm not I don't I don't see TikTok videos of people being like, yo, this is how I got a Lambo because I'm stealing food. Right. And then like flipping it. That's not what we're talking about. And I think it allows for this constant like dehumanization of people. Yeah. Which easily allows the like for people to have like this, you know easy thought pattern to occur, which is cops said they're bad. That's bad. I don't know why they're bad, but if they're bad and they're criminals, then that's crime. And that's, I don't need to have a, I don't need to have empathy for that. Right.
6: And what I think also is important is that they don't, no one, no one uh, stops to discuss the fact that the the quote unquote victims of crime and perpetrators of crime are the same people, the same community, right? Like how in the same breath if if we designate all these specific areas and communities as high crime areas, right? All the poor communities, all the black communities, all the people of color communities, right? Those are these are our high crime areas. So that being said, these are also the people that are the victims of crime. So the same communities that you're heavily policing and you're incarcerating, you feel like they are so bad they need to be punished, and you do all these punitive things that prevent them from ever getting out. Of hope. You're punishing the exact same community you claim you want to be helping. So it's just so obviously logically inconsistent. And I think that's a problem. And something I, I always think about as a public defender is when you meet your clients, you are... They've already been failed in some way. This is not the first time, you know, the system has harmed them. Anybody that I represent, in, which is the vast majority of people that are in the criminal system are destitute poor, like can't afford an attorney because I wouldn't qualify for my own services and I could not afford my own services or an attorney services is astronomical. So the average person in, in in the criminal system are people who are not seeing any money at all completely. And if you see that and you say, okay, these are people who already don't have any money, they don't have any resources. And now, alright I'm going to put you in the criminal system. You get a rap sheet, you get a this not only are they suffering, their children are suffering, the whole community, their family, and it just is constantly regurgitating cycles and cycles of poverty. And also, in addition to that, when we tend to end the analysis of crimes of poverty and like, what is direct, like in a sense, oh, I'm poor, so I can't buy food, so I stole food. And then we're like, all right, those, we can understand that, you know, those of us on the left to be people, they can reconcile themselves with that person, you know, doesn't deserve to be prosecuted. But it also comes to people that are committing assault or they're, you know, they're fighting or they're cursing people out or they're doing why do you think that happens? I always tell people, I'm far more likely to slap the shit out of you if my rent can't get paid. You know what mm, I mean? Right. If I when the times in my life, when my life is good, when my things are paid for adequately dealt, I am so much nicer. I will deal with things so much better. I am so much willing to be a reasonable person, but if life is on you. If life is on you, you got you got a father in jail. You can't, you know, you got a mother with medical bills you're trying to pay for. You don't have health insurance. You can't get to school. You're losing your apartment. All these different things. You're more likely to fight somebody. You know what I mean. You're more likely to respond yeah. to life issues in the worst way. You're more likely to feel like, oh, I have to go sell drugs. I have to do these different things. And so it's a it's a much larger larger um, phenomenon and problem in the way that poverty relates to to these outcomes.
5: Yeah, yeah. Because and- cops are just like the Roomba. That that suck up the failure of our capitalist system. And yeah, that, it's just like yeah, we're just here to clean that up. No real, not about yeah. it. They're
6: they're say, one they're one branch. They're one bad branch and a whole bad tree. That's how I like right. to see it. You know, we tend to focus. We focus on on police and then we end the narrative there. And I think that's what, what can become problematic, right? It's like when I'm in the criminal and when I'm in court, I'm not. The, it's not like it's just the police. The police, the judge. The court officers, the prosecutor are all on the same team. You by yourself, it's only you and your right. client on this agenda, right? You, the entire system is set up this way. Police might arrest people, but it's the prosecutors who've got to decide to bring the charges. It's judges, you know, um, co- convicting people, sentencing people. This is because they're all, you know, in tandem. And also the laws that the prosecutors and the police officers are and the judges are enforcing and using. The, the legislators are the ones who wrote them. All this determinate sentencing, yeah. they're all they're all make you know a part of a concerted make a concerted effort so when we we end the analysis and condemn the police this one officer should be should be charged or this should happen this way and then we're confused as to how the system keeps reproducing the exact same results
4: yeah like so biden referenced the defund the police movement by being like we don't need to defund we need to fund but npr is also like npr just published an article that claimed and I actually heard this on NPR. We we make fun of NPR a lot on this <laughs> show for just like being ASMR for neo-libs, but yeah. they also like are they report some damaging shit sometimes. And this report was just basically being like crimes gone way up and people aren't getting caught anymore because of the defund the police. And the thing they based it on was something that like a random person who they interviewed said it wasn't like an expert it wasn't based on statistics this is the this is the like key this point. guy had a gun once That's the how whole, go. That's the how whole sourcing anthony branch 26 got into trouble for carrying a gun when he was a teen watching the gun culture in his neighborhood he thinks more minors and felons are carrying guns illegally now for one simple reason quote defund the police as he put it that, that is even connect. That
6: doesn't what the fuck you? anything is, they know is foolishness they, they know it right like think right. about it courtrooms courtrooms are technically public right? Court, the courts are open to the public anybody can can come in there and sit there but yet we're not allowed to record or take a picture of anything that's happened in court no one's allowed to court you know lawyers are not allowed to because the average person people cannot go sit in courtrooms and go watch entire court that's not going to happen right? But if people did and people saw what actually happens in court, what's the average thing that is a crime and what people are being prosecuted for and how it's being treated, they would feel differently about it. So what they do is they take these sensationalized stories, they produce shows like Law and Order and everything else that's on our TV and it treats crime. People think of crime. like People so often say to me, I have represented over a thousand people in very few cases or anything that's like salacious or wild or anybody who does like it's just just regular everyday life things that you wouldn't even realize are criminalized. when i first became a public defender it was jarring to me realizing how much shit i could have been arrested for if i just happened to be criminalized you know what i mean or if you lived in a certain society like the entire bahamas which is where i'm from the entire every bahamian person would be behind bars in america's criminal system absolutely immediately just a whole way to be engaged i once represented a lady who got arrested, like, shortly after giving birth to her child because, like, a woman was sexing her, like, arguing with her, like, during, like, during labor. And she was like, fuck you, whatever, don't play with me. You know what I mean? Something like that. And they arrested that woman for aggravated harassment in the third.
4: Jesus Christ. They do
6: stuff like that. I I represented yeah. so many people where they arrest them because they were banging on their own door because they locked the door, they locked themselves out. Now they charge you with criminal mischief and say, well, you don't actually, this is a NYCHA building, you don't own that door, so... Yeah, yeah, wow. that's the nonsense. The amount of people in who've sat in Rikers because of traffic violations, things yeah, that like they
7: literally—yes,
6: it's absurd. Yeah. It's absurd. So you know, they they intentionally keep that stuff away from you, and then they choose these choose these outlier cases to, to sensationalize the system. And so people think of everybody that's in jail as other. They don't think of them as you know it's you like are mere. Exactly, but if you actually, you know, put a magnifying—first of all, you put a magnifying glass on anybody, and it probably don't even have to be a good magnifying glass. They're committing some form of crime. They're doing something that's technically illegal. Illegal because right. America's overbroad.
7: Yeah, and they
4: can find a way. Yeah.
6: Yeah, absolutely. We'd all be in jail, child. All
4: right. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back to kind of continue talking about this and Law and Order, the TV show, not the broad concept. <laughs>
2: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: And we're back. And, you know, as we were talking about before the break, like this kind of brings up the question of, you know, now we we had, I think I've heard you talk about the fact that like the alami that like the black lives matter movement in 2020 was could be considered like one of the largest like social civil rights movements and now the main way we hear about it in the mainstream media is like these things being like we don't got to defund the police we got to fund the police yeah. and like npr like blaming it for straight up murder <laughs> so this Like, kind of raises the question: Why is this particular lie so just deeply, like, so hard to shake? That like violent, armed police and human caging are the only way to deal with things. And you know, there's it's structurally integral to our society. It's like a lie that is. That's the answer. Undergirds all of the white supremacy and everything. And
6: that's your answer. It's structurally under. That's why something doesn't become the status quo because a majority isn't invested in, like, defending and maintaining. Yeah, That's the why.
4: But one of the, like, how, I guess, questions of, like, how they got everybody to, like, kind of go along with it is y- you pointed out, and uh, our super producer, Trisha Mukherjee, is joining us to talk about your, your argument in a piece for Team Vogue about, like, Law and Order, the TV show, and just, you know, propaganda in general being... Like creating this standard narrative where the cops are the the protagonist.
6: Yeah, I mean it's it's an every so I, I guess I tried to look at it commonsensically, and I think I have the benefit of my my family's Bahamian; they live in the Bahamas, so this isn't their society at all. But we watch the same things. We watch, and my mother so often responds to me, who is in the Bahamas. She don't vote here. She don't live here. She don't have no reason oh, to no. be. Invested here, but she is child. And my mommy and them is a a heavy, a heavy coffee guy in the house. My mom and them go (laughs) on order, snapped, all of it. My mommy is watching it all and she loves it. Okay. Her boy, uh, uh, Stabler and them, she'll she'll be ready to fight me in the house over this stuff. (laughs) And I recognize, you know, and I thought about it early on from jumpers. One of the first things we teach people, you know, it's like, oh, this, you know, nine one one. We teach little children, you know, this is nine. Here's your parents' number. Here's nine one one. You know, you play cops and robbers. Cops are the good guys. Robbers are bad. Everything you watch has, you know, protagonists, antagonists. Antagonists is automatically treated as the villain, and in so many things beyond just. The amount, the sheer volume of shows that we have is just direct propaganda. Like Law and Order, CSI, even like Lucifer TV shows. Like so many of them have this. But I thought about this even the other day. Like cartoons, you watch and you don't even realize it. Like I was a big Pop of Girls, like big, big into Pop of Girls. Like love me some Pop of Girls, okay. And I realized the other day, and I'm like, why didn't I notice that these three little gals was agents of the states? Beating people down to the white meat the minute the mayor called them up. Like, you ain't never noticed that. Like the whole nice. that's literally what it is. The the the, the pop of girls, the mayor calls them up red button. Hey, 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 we just heard some fuck them up. Fuck him up. <laughs> fuck him. <laughs> <fuck> Immediately, <laughs> the minute they see him, there's a whole this episode they see Mojo Jojo in the food store. Mojo Jojo is trying to buy some groceries. They beat him and they beat his ass down. And everybody, right? Like if you even think about it. Mojo Jojo, the whole townspeople, all the townspeople look like the Pop of Girls, Apricot colored white people, just like Professor X, right? All, all, all of the, all of the villains. Uh, Mojo Jojo, green, Fuzzy Lumpkin, pink. The, 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 the gang, green gang is green. The Boogeyman is blue. Him is red. All the people of color are villain criminals again, they ass whoop 24 seven. And you realize right. like eventually everything you watch is kind of treated like this. Like this is what we've designated as good. And this is what we've designated as bad. And nothing in between really matters. It don't matter. You will not see no due process in the pro- you know? And you watch, <laughs> like, you know? But it really is like that. How much of things you watch and it shows you, it, even when it shows you that the police are breaking the law like their right to be inviolate, it's showing you how the police has to because this bad guy or they're constrained. I watched the Chippendale, rescue movie the other day and it was the same shit like, oh, the police, the police were working with Chippendale to try to get Peter Pan and them. And the police are like, Oh, we we want to do something, but we can't, Chippendale, because you have know, these constitutional rights yeah. and stuff. So Chippendale, we're like, oh, ah, yeah, shit! Yeah, like. All these yeah, damn passes. Always,
4: rights. Yes. yeah. Due process is treated as like it's never been good in a yes. single movie. Yes. It's like, yeah, right. Due process. Yes. Like the only, per- the only person who brings in up due process is like ab- about to get their head smashed into their desk by yes. Russell Crowe yes. before he like yes. goes out and <laughs> catches the bag. Yes, man, yes. You know?
6: And like all jokes aside, like that—that that is something like. We don't realize how much we're, like, how we're taught to perceive the world as ingrained and stuff. Like, even in, really? in Lucifer, Lucifer is the literal fucking devil. Like, he's Satan. He's literally Satan. And for for Satan to be redeemed in the eyes of God in the world, he works with the LAPD.
7: Yes.
6: <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm dead ass. That's the plot of the show. Like, that's the plot of the show. And you know who's the only person they matter-of-factly is saying is going to go to hell? The defense attorney. And yeah. in order for her to go to heaven, she had to quit the defense attorney and go become a DA. And then they kill her. She goes to heaven.
4: Because the the defense attorney is just trying to get bad guys off the hook. Yes. And like, it's all a world. Yeah. That's yes.
6: And you realize when you watch TV right? and you think about it more, and you see it in everything. That person, they're always the bad guy or the poor character, whoever it is. They're bad. They're this. It's like that. It's like that. Right. Yeah.
5: It's funny that you bring up the LAPD, right? Because, uh, Trisha, you point out, like, the kind of LAPD kind of has they a starring role up. in yeah. Like, yeah. The, the beginnings of all this.
11: Yes. Yes. Right, exactly. So, Alayami, like I read your article. First of all, your work is amazing. It's so, so cool. But, yeah, so I just started going a little bit deeper into this propaganda in TV shows around crime. And um, one interesting thing I found out was, of course, like, the media has always supported the police through the U.S., uh, the history of the country, but in the 1950s, it was actually formalized because this actor, director Jack Webb, he made this deal with the LAPD where if the LAPD would allow him to access police equipment and quickly approve permits and get off-duty officers as extras in his movies, he allowed the LAPD to read over his scripts and basically just veto anything that they didn't like. So of course they're not gonna approve anything where the cops are portrayed as bad. And then this has just been the standard set in Hollywood and just set in TV and movie industry where the the police is literally controlling what we see on the screen yeah. in a lot of ways.
6: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. You realize it so much more. I have a friend who, who was writing a script the other day, like entertainment, and he had like, just not even thinking about it because it's so like into shows. And when you think about public defenders are, are depicted, in all media, and where are de- are depicted as bums, right? Like bums. Anytime you see a public defender in anything, like they're dropping yeah, like their files, they're yeah, disheveled, like the and people. it's yeah. a way. It, it's how any foot cream, and it's how the system like <laughs> goes and blames. <laughs> and it's so funny because that has so much, you know, a lot of how your relationship plays out with your clients has everything to do with what their initial even perception of you is. And if a public if a public defender gets blamed, like when you think the money is attributed is. In these ways, deliberately, a public defender is underfunded, but the prosecutor's office is not. But we're funded by the exact same entities. We're opposite across the aisle. We're doing the same level of workload, but it's deliberately set up where the public defenders are ill-equipped, right? And even within that system, like public defenders get blamed for plea deals right, or or presenting you with a plea, which is. You, you're obligated, you have to present whatever is the plea offer, but the plea offer is made by the prosecutors. The reason why you even have to tell them, oh, you should probably take a plea because this is what's likely to happen at trial because of the determinant sentencing done by legislators and what the judge is going to punish you. It's so many different ways. The system is actively doing all these different things, but how does our media spin it to people? Oh, if you could afford to have, it's these, it's these broke-ass, bum-ass public defenders yeah, right, right, that are right. causing you to go to jail. And again, it, and it all you know relates back to poverty in general because even in a world where we pretended the problem was the public defender. The problem is this: this public defender. That's still a reflection of the fact the majority of the people in the criminal system are poor, you know, and they're being represented by public defenders as opposed to they can't afford paid representation. Not that it's true that public defenders are ill equipped, but even if that yeah. was the case, and it's not like the court doesn't know. I think something people forget too, and I and I and I appreciate that people are optimistic or they have, I don't know, more faith in their in their actors, but. The court knows everything else that you tell the rest of the society that shocks their conscience and gets them to see like, Oh, the system is messed up. And they think, Oh, we need to get that information. like the people in power, the people doing it. Don't know. I'm assigned by the court. The person who sets the bail is the same person that just said, this person has no money. They can't afford a lawyer. And I'm also going to set a, a mad money on them for bail. Cause you're going to now you're going to go to jail yes. for something you yeah. haven't been convicted. They know it's deliberately done that way. And I once, I actually in law school, I went to a prosecutor mill for law school. I was like the only public defender in my class. Everybody else was a prosecutor. But in mm. going to that process, oh yeah, trust me, stress. In going to that prosecutor mill, you know, they pressured me to do an internship at the DA's office one summer and it it went the way you would think a person like me in the DA's <laughs> office. <I
7: don't- laughs> oh, listen,
6: no, it, was, it was terrible, <laughs> but I remember the one thing I appreciate is I confirmed that all of the horrible things that I think academically you think like oh you have to parse out racism you more so think it's like oh if i statistically look at the numbers you'll realize it's racist nah it's up front like up front right. there they're actively like trying to force and muscle people aside and supporting depositions, positions and because people don't know how it actually works in the maneuvers and what you know what happens from our, on the legal end so they'll be like you'll bring in people and they're like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to press charges. I don't want a criminal case. Or I want them to have, you know, uh, therapy. I want them to get this. And they'll be like, oh, well, you need to support. If you sign a supporting deposition, I could get them counseling or whatever. But they really mean is sign this. And now I have the document I need to proceed on this criminal case with this person. And in the case of, there's a certain amount of days where if that's not signed or they don't have that paperwork, if you have somebody in on bail, they have to come out. You have to you have to get them out. So what they do is they force, muscle these people, sign it. Sign it now, you know, and then mm. now this person is stuck in jail. So now they're forced to take a plea or want to, you know, negotiate with you a plea because they're literally going to sit You're in, in prison. So on, t- on a case, they were in, you were never going to be able to prosecute. They were never going to be able to get convicted of or whatever. But now they're in this position. Mm. And so and that's that's the unfortunate reality. Like people in Rikers, r- people, they hear about places like Rikers, but they don't realize Rikers is a pretrial detention center. If you hear right. about something that's this infamously awful place, you think it's for infamously awful people you don't realize it's anybody that gets arrested in new york city for anything traffic infraction jumping the turnstile whatever you don't have money that's where you're at and and rikers isn't even the worst of its kind you have cook county in chicago where the average person is waiting waiting for their trial in prison four to six years eight years some people in there 11 years doing full bids Mm -hmm. on things they have not even had a trial on it's absurd Mm -hmm. but that's how they that's how they stack it
5: Right, and we, yeah. and I think because of that, like sort of gap between what the the lived experiences of the people who are actually grappling with the system, and then like the writers' rooms that are then like, I don't know, like I'm rich, and like we got off because we got a rich, like a good lawyer. Yeah, I think right. that probably feeds into this problem as yes. well, right?
4: my dad got me a good lawyer when yeah. i was arrested in college for pissing in the street
5: oh right and that's and that's another trope you see a lot because i yeah. think you're seeing these writers reflect back what even their own experience was like i fucking ran over a homeless guy but i got <laughs> how lawyer. many
6: how many times you watch a white show and the character like gets arrested and they're they're out like the next scene and you never hear about it for yeah. the rest of the show right. like you know what i mean no charge no case no da 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 that's how it's treated because that is often very much a react, sort of reality, like, even on the rare occasion, I've like I said, I've represented over a thousand people. I probably have not represented 30 white people. Like there are that many. Right. Wouldn't even. Be. I remember all my white clients by name because they're few and far in between and they're always fucking outraged, outraged. That they're and this, they can't. Out- Listen, no one more outraged to you than a white person that's been arrested. They will call you every, I used to have a white client call me every day and go, so people can just lie on me? And I can go to every day. She couldn't believe yeah. it. Couldn't wrap her head around it. And that's so that's often what right. the experiences because even when I'd have them, they get they dismiss it at arraignments. They'd dismiss it right then. They would offer them. I once had a white guy was on a motorcycle, did a high speed chase he high speed chase on his motorcycle to the police. I mean, he was really, he was really on 10. Get like gets into an accident, jumps off the bike, keeps fucking running, jumps the fence, they eventually get to him. They dismiss it at arraignments. What mm-hmm. the fuck? they would never have done that shit like i I even yeah. one time i, I represented like back to back so same arraignment shift literally i have the files did this one immediately did it same judge same prosecutor represented a black guy who's accused of having one blunt they asked for like thirty five hundred dollars bail on him right mm. right immediately right after represent a white guy who was found with a bunch of drugs the dealer dealer white dealer consent to release <laughs> like they'll do and what's the ground or one time i represented a white girl who was accused of some wild shit like some wild shit and i remember looking i could see the prosecutor next to me you could see their files right like across i could so i could see the pictures of the victim in the in the case in who was an arab guy i could see the pictures of the victim in the hospital so when i see that this is at bail i'm like oh fuck she going to jail like they about to show those pictures like they about to you know what i mean it was a right. white prosecutor she just closed the file and consented to release she just didn't say shit about the bitch and i'm not gonna say like that's my client but i'm like right. i remember that day being like
7: wow, an application yeah.
6: like oh this is a different fucking system this is not something i have to academically parse out this is happening right. in real life like i'm looking at them like hey yo y'all yeah, know that like i that- saw y'all just not do this for the black people like i'm here right. i'm witnessing it and it's like or they'll that call is. you. Yeah, they'll literally call you when it's your white clients. The way they talk about it, the prosecutor, is entirely different. They'll, they're like, that same case with the white girl, with the with the Arab victim. The prosecutor was like, "It's is phone. It they called me because they wanted to prosecute the Arab guy that was in the hospital based on mm-hmm. what she's saying. They, they know to some degree that she fucked him up. He's in the hospital. She's just mm-hmm. saying that he did something to her too. And now they call me like, oh, they want to charge him for a felony because they can't talk to my client, you know, without my permission. And the prosecutor right. said to me, well, like, oh, well, you know, you know, uh, she's accused of whatever to him. But, you know, apparently, you know, he, li- she, he lied. I've never right. had. That's my story. My story is always my client didn't do it. I've never had the prosecutor credit my story to the my client is right. innocent. <laughs> Only right. when I have a white client and they're like yeah must be some misunderstanding
7: yeah yes absolutely white
5: supremacy yeah, yeah. So, like yeah. with the propaganda, like i know we see like we're talking about there's like all these terrible tropes like cop equals good uh you know get your good lawyer and things like that trisha what yeah. are like other because i think those are like the, and i think those are the most broad versions of things we see right. but there's so many other ways that i think this quote unquote criminal justice system mm-hmm is represented which i think is a total misnomer but yes. what what do you what 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 else what are the other ways that like those things are being?
11: yeah right so of course there there's that overarching idea that like when you have this protagonist who's a cop who you're like really emotionally attached to and kind of um, manipulated into supporting in these uh, movies and tv shows if they do bad things like you still don't consider them bad so that really affects just the public perception of police violence. Yeah. Yes. But then looking a bit deeper into it, so there's this study called Normalizing Injustice that was conducted by a nonprofit called Color of Change. And so they just dive deeper. They do this great numerical study and look at several different shows. And so one thing that I read about was just like disciplining cops who are violent or who do really step out of line and harm the people that they're interacting with. So in this study, they found that only 3.7% of on-screen wrongful actions faced any investigation. So that totally normalizes cops stepping out of line, hurting people, and then never being punished for it, and actually usually being supported for it. Right. And um, I think this feeds a lot into cases like Breonna Taylor's, where the cops—it's like. Should they be, like, are they going to be punished? I mean, it takes the system so long to, like, condemn someone for murdering and it, someone. And it, yeah. and it usually
6: doesn't. And also, we need to remember that even when there is, right, like, when people get their civil settlements, they, the cops aren't punished, we pay for that. The cops can't be, yeah, right. nothing, we're paying for that. Yeah, so we're paying for right. that. Nothing, nothing That's is funny. happening at yeah. all. Yeah. And the average cops. All the funding.
4: Yes, all the funding.
11: Yeah, they don't and a lot of cops just get away scot free like there's just nothing done to them. Another thing that I looked into is sexual violence. Um so shows like SVU, they portray these really great detectives working on behalf of survivors of sexual violence. But in reality, like
6: Pop, cops perpetrate a lot of sexual violence.
11: Exactly. Cops perpetrate the sexual violence and then when people who experience it come to the cops, because that's what we're constantly told to do. Again, like since we're little, we see all these things that, oh, we'll call 911 and the cops will save us when that's just so far from the truth. When we do report sexual violence, well, first of all, people are just scared because they know how fucked up the system is. But then when you do file a report, the police rarely, rarely do anything. And most people who have already survived this very traumatic experience are just dissatisfied with the response. Yeah, And then- Finally, so in terms of just reforming the criminal justice system, there is basically no discussion of that in no. TV and, and in it's movies. Oh, right. No. Right, yeah.
5: no And if it is, it's like a, it's like a rabble-rouser that, hippie. And that's the like,
6: thing, right. right? They fight against any, like, they completely dismiss any discussion of, you want to talk about abolition, right, of the criminal system? Right. They completely dismiss that as though that, that's so radical, we should be talking reform. But anything, the slightest thing you suggest reform, the media then commits its all of its energy to attacking that 24/7 you try to do bail mm-hmm. reform you try to do things and then suddenly they create entire you know propaganda and waves and discussions and stuff yeah. around around fighting that so what it really is is they don't want any change at all they like the system as it is and I think that's an important part is that whenever they're trying to say you know the bad apple discussion, I'm like, well, the police disagree with you, right? In a different world, if, if I have a, if I have an organization and one person in my organization was a, was a fuck up, right? And I really, I believe that person, what they're doing does not represent this organization. I'm not gonna fight you unless you get rid of that person or, you know, these people are bad, but it's the police department, it's the police unions that say, no, it was okay that they killed him. When did they ever, when did the police unions, when did the police departments, when did the politicians get out and tell you, yeah, that's a wow. bad apple. Yeah, that's bad. They never, they stand with that officer to the very end. To the very end. Yeah. And then they yeah. do everything that they can, everything that they can around beating the rest of the community into submission, right? We get, let's say it was a bad apple. So every time we have a bad apple, let's, and let's think about the numbers on that. Every year in America, over this is just shot and killed. This is just who police are recording as they shot and killed. So that's not all your George Floyds. That's not your Elijah McLeans. That's not your Eric Garner's. That's not your Alton Sterlings. That's none of the people that are being killed in another way. And that's none of the police brutality that does not rise to death. So exclude all of that. All your Jacob Blakes. The average police kill, shoot and kill over 1,045 people every year in America. So let's say we yes, got Christ. right. So we got all of those bad apples. and what, maybe five of them, 12 of them for the year, maybe best case, get some kind of like large media attention and then what's the response. They immediately send out militarized police to go beat the protesters, go arrest the protesters, curfews, and you get a bunch of charges, you get a bunch of videos showing police brutality on video. Even remember when they knocked that old white man down, that old man split his head yeah. open. Nope, yeah. no charges yeah. there. None of them. We just saw, uh, what, yesterday? Yesterday or the day before, NYPD, punch and beat up a 19-year-old girl and Eric Adams came up and said, Oh, the officers showed great restraint. Or a few months ago, NYPD shot an 18-year-old in the head because he ran through a red light. And Eric Adams defended that too. So you see what I'm saying? Even if uh, we yeah, were yeah, if you no. wanted to go with the bad apple narrative, let's pretend okay, so we got thousands. We got thousands of bad apples and our mm. police departments, the police unions, our media, our politicians and everybody in power says no, they're not bad.
11: So then,
5: what then? Right, exactly. Right. Yeah, you yeah. you lost the the messaging war. Yeah,
11: yeah, right. And then to to think about like how can we use media to change that? Like how can we change that in movies and TV? And um, well, yeah, as we talked about, it's just like so racialized um, currently. Out of the twenty seven shows that the study covered, eighty one percent of the showrunners were white men. Right. Out of 275 writers, more than 75% were white, and only 9% were Black. So the people who are creating these shows largely don't have any experience with with the system that we're dealing with in this country. And so in terms of just what we can do to change it, I mean, one option is just the personal option to not watch shows that depict cops as heroes, as good people, as people who are not violent and coercive. And this could also be, you know, a signal to networks that we don't want to watch cops yeah. who are portrayed like this. Another idea is to cancel TV shows with cops in general. And this has actually been happening. Like the series *Cops*, which ran for around thirty years, was co- uh, was canceled, I believe, in twenty twenty. Um, and some other networks have also cut police reality series. But a lot of people are also saying, "Actually, back though." Yeah, <laughs> is it right. actually?
5: came mm-hmm. back in September of last year.
6: Yeah, when, news, people, right? when people aren't paying attention to
5: They announced it, yeah. They slowly, like on Fox Nation, like Fox on their TV, oh right, my right. Live that? PD. And they just, they, they changed the name to Live PD to like On Patrol or some other dumb euphemistic. Or not that's, even. Just,
11: like, oh, my gosh. It. That's, that's See, the they us. Another slick thing <laughs> they do yeah. with
6: propaganda, too. And enough people don't call it out. But what they love to do when they portray jails and prisons in any of these shows, they, they have a lot of white people. There are a lot of white people yeah. in the prisons and the jail, so it looks, people think the system was no right. fucking way. Rikers is New York City. Think about how big New York City is. Right. Rikers is over 95% black and brown. Jesus Christ. Like it's not yeah. it's not this. Like I, I saw this actually the other day I was watching. I was not watching the flash anymore because the flash is terrible now. I was watching a video about why the flash isn't good anymore. <laughs> and like and, and the season you know, they got they got they got the Flash in jail now, which is some bullshit. Riverdale did this nonsense too. But the Flash is in jail and he all around the jail with none but white people. Mm. Whole jail right. just full of white people. And like doing like, a
5: federal co- right? correct facility right for people doing white collar
6: crime. It's slick shit. Oh, when inventing did y'all watch Inventing Anna when that came out on Netflix last was it last year or this year? I don't know the time is on. Yeah. You know, yeah, with yeah. the with the
7: yeah, holes, I'm familiar That's with supposed that to be that. Rikers.
6: Whole nice White clean environment, just like some white girls chilling or whatever. You yeah, think that's what Rikers look like? You think you can even get into there's a bunch of white what? A bunch of anasorkins at Rikers? No. Right? And <laughs> like that is not that is not right. the case, but they make it look like that because they, they people become people become so so comfortable with it, but it also becomes ingrained. You don't question yeah. don't question it. There's so much to it's even to me the scariest parts are the scariest. Things When it comes to developing our, our consciousness, our racial or shared consciousness as a, as a society, isn't what they explicitly tell us, it's what they don't. And we don't pay attention to it. It's like, when you think about the fact that the criminal system is a legal system, it's called the criminal justice system. That's intentional. That's inherently intentional because if you, the first thing you learn, you associate justice, your whole concept of justice is criminal prosecution. That's where, you know what I mean? That's what it is. You taught that from the very beginning.
5: It's like, no.
6: Yes. For you, justice is, like people don't even think of any other way to respond or that there are other ways to respond to anything or crime or problems, right? Justice is police arrest you and put the bad guy in jail. That's what justice is to people. And it never even occurs to you to question it. And I realized that in college when my professor, I was, you know, running on like I usually do about the system being racist and yada yada yada. And my thesis advisor, who's a white lady, who was just like, um, you know, you sound like you'd be a person who would be into abolition and I was like, mean abolition, getting rid of the prison altogether, no jail. Like you know even yeah. as even as a person who thought the criminal system, I knew the criminal system is racist yeah. and is unjust. I was taught like to think of the criminal system like how you think of water and air and oxygen. You know what I mean? We have a civil society like right. you think you have to like that is a fu- is a foundation that must exist, and you have to work from there on how do I correct this thing rather than the thing being bad because you're taught that this like man made institution is is just right. you know vital and that to me is a great issue. But I think as far as how do we how do we stop seeing it? At the end of the day, they do what we like, right? Like media, if you think about it, media, just what we're watching our shows, how things are cast has changed drastically present day to what it was shit just 10 years ago, let alone even as a kid. There's so much things that's changed just because we've changed as a society how we respond to it. You think all these diverse ensemble casts they keep getting and stuff is because they want to? You think they, they, they diversify in the Gossip, gossip Girl and all these shows because they think is cute is because people respond in a particular way so if you start you know calling this out bitching and da 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 yeah the right will bitch and moan on twitter and and true social or whatever they be making their noise but the reality is people who want to lie in their pockets will they will start making the corrections and the changes because you don't want to watch it like that so i think we got to call out propaganda but not just even in the shows that explicitly have cops it's the way even just the idea of these kind of systems are, are hierarchies are put in everything else, like, and that's what really, to me, is the more dangerous. All the things that you're watching and you don't realize that it's like this. It's enforcing the exact same kind yeah. of dynamic and like power relations, right. even without the explicit police.
5: Right, mm-hmm. it seeps in
4: exactly. Sure. Well, allow me, it's been such a pleasure having you. We got to have you back. This is, yeah, truly an amazing guest, and I feel like I could talk to you for a whole day but <laughs> what uh where can people find you follow you experience yes. you
6: find me on twitter at miss olurin m-s-o-l-u-r-i-n i'm that on all social media i have a sub stack named uh Olurinati. i love it where i write <laughs> my essays every month and i'll be on the hill on tuesday all right thank you uh, y'all
4: amazing uh and is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying
6: honestly its foolishness jack uh, there's, there is there's a tweet. Like. there's a twitter thread <laughs> right now like what's your favorite moment in reality tv and the quote tweets they are gold i am just going through flavor of love i love new york heaven okay oh. listen matt oh yeah I,
5: I have a theory that january 6th happened because we didn't check that white girl who was talking out her neck all black um <laughs> uh buck wild
6: you know what <clears throat> you know what though
5: we let buck <laughs> wild cook to our own detriment you
6: know listen I I so I watched it the other day and I was like, "Yo, New York was ahead of her time, you know, with just like not yeah. being with the shit." Like New York was like, yeah. "Don't talk." Like she was really ahead of time. And I think All back out, then yeah. I was like, "Why?" I feel like you, me, might not even realize like, "Why are you, you hate that fuck while watching that?" And I was like, "Get her, get yeah. her." Like,
5: I was like, "Get her ass, yeah. get her out." <laughs> yeah, it's so weird how differently I respond. I'm like, "See, we let that shit slide. Right. We shouldn't have."
6: I was like, "Oh, you know what? New York was. I was like, get her, get her.'" follow <laughs> well,
4: tiffany pollard yes me too and uh trisha pleasure having you as always where Thank can people you find you me. follow you and is there a tweet you've been enjoying
11: oh okay so i don't have social media That's so right. I, I always act been... like
4: i'm surprised by this every
11: time <laughs> i've still been enjoying the view out my window though <laughs>
7: nice good
4: nice.
11: and you can listen to more of my work uh, at people place power it's a podcast i made about activism around the world it's on spotify apple podcasts and everywhere else
5: Amazing. Miles,
4: where can people find you? What's the tweet you've been enjoying?
5: Twitter, Instagram, at Miles of Gray. You like basketball? Check out Miles and Jack up at mad boosties, not bad boosties, mad boosties. Bad <laughs> uh, that's our <laughs> basketball podcast. Uh the league is we're so so close, so close to the league starting up again. Uh, and also if you like terrible reality, reality shows and weed, check me and Sophia Alexander out on 420-day fiance. Where we just, you know, talk about our favorite mess of a show, 90 Day Fiance. Okay, some tweets that I like. First up is, actually, it's really just, uh, first one, uh, Worm Adderall at underscore underscore Mary Boy (laughs) tweeted, Are monster truck rallies a competition or is it just like a monster truck recital? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. how do we look at that is there a competition yeah. uh and then at papa Pichu uh tweeted biden and the dems got exactly five percent saltier and the republicans started acting like an italian football player faking an injury
4: rolling around on the ground holding their ankle oh, oh my god they
5: called us fascists we are though but come on now <laughs>
4: <laughs> you can find me on twitter at jack underscore o'brien and i don't oh somebody uh depths of internet archive is retweeting some interesting stuff from like poll i'm scared of hackers because this is from november 2003 they hack into ns uh, into nasa five percent they steal things four percent they are violent sociopaths four percent They use amphetamines and speed, 7%. They help Osama bin Laden, 14%. They're un-American, 5%. They smell bad, 58%. Wow. Yeah. So it's just fun to take a little snapshot of how stupid we were extremely recently. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website dailyzeitgeist.com where we post our episodes and our footnotes Hello. where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song do we think people might enjoy?
5: This one, uh, so we're going to go out on a nice uh, little instrumental track from Ivy Lab. It's called All Day Swimming. Look, it's hot out there. Everybody just dream of just swimming all day, cooling your body off in the water. Uh the beat is very, you know, it's 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 drifty. I don't know how to sound it sounds like you you're at a pool party, uh, but maybe on an alien planet. Uh but it's so close though. So this is yeah, Ivy pool lab pool with all day swim swimming.
4: They should have called it Alien Pool Party, but they're lost. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for us this morning, but we're back this afternoon to tell you what is trending, and we will talk to you all then. Bye.
5: Bye.
1: Bye.